This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Sibogazi, you're on the air with us, PhD candidate at UJ. Thank you very much for joining us and sorry for all of the uh, issues, but you know, sometimes the tech doesn't do as uh, we want it to do. Welcome. How are you doing? Hi, Bobby. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. Welcome. Uh, Afternoon to you and your um, listeners. Thanks Mm. so much. Just a point of correction. I'm a student, not a PhD candidate yet. Not a candidate yet. I see. All right. It's got levels. It's got levels. (laughs) We're calling it into being. (laughs) I beg your pardon. All right. So um, I asked um, your fellow panelist, Nombulelo Shange, who will join us shortly. Uh, about, you know, the question uh, we're asking today, could matriarchy improve society? And just your opening thoughts, your opening remarks, um, and then maybe a definition of matriarchy from your point of view. Yeah, thanks. So, I mean, just a basic definition, matriarchy is about um, rule of governance uh, by women, uh, which I would say... uh, would be the direct opposite, for example, of patriarchy, which is a rule by men. Uh, But of course, perhaps uh, something we must note about patriarchy is that it's it's systemically been created to ensure that women are out of the system and out of um, uh, industries or spaces such as the economic, the political, or or any form of social advancement. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would then say uh, matriarchy is the opposite of that necessarily. Um, Because I think that if a system is in opposite to the male system, then it's in competition with the system. Mm. And it's arguably going to do the same system just at an oppositional level. So matriarchy, you know, I'm putting it there because I'm in contention with matriarchy as an idea, as opposed to matrilineal societies, which is a different concept as well. So, So maybe that's just my tension with with the concept um, itself. So let's then discuss what matrilineal um, uh, uh, society would look like as opposed to what a a, a straight opposite of patriarchy is imagined to be. Yeah. So, I mean, earlier um, 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 I heard a little bit of of Nombulelo's um, intro before before she um, had to be disconnected. Um, And so I agree with the phrasing that that she makes. I do think we have existing uh, matriarchal uh, societies. Asia gives us that. Africa gives us that. And maybe if you like, this could be a wild one, is if we think about the Queen of England as, you know, matriarch as well. Mm. But matrilineal, on the other hand. Mm. Oh, but sorry. And I I heard that. (laughs) Yeah, I heard that tension in your thoughts. Yeah, thought. I thought you were describing yeah. um, matrilineal. But, I mean, I suppose, let me just listen. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the Queen of England but, has her own issues that, uh, you know, we, we, we can discuss. But it is a very interesting cool. example for this conversation. Yeah. yeah. But, but that example of the Queen of England being an example of matriarch, mm. 
um, of a matriarch is very different from how an African context would categorize a matriarch, yes, for yes, example, yeah, right? Yeah. So like think of a grandmother, think of an older woman in, in, in your family structure or society, um, that would work completely differently. So it's, it is quite contextual. Mm. But a matrilineal, for example, is, is a leadership structure that is traced back to a female ancestor, particularly because it's linked to whatever feminine principles uh, are associated with that. So Queen Mujaji, for example, yes. is a matrilineal uh, as opposed to um, um, pitch, um, um, matriarchy, uh, you know. So she would she would be considered under matri uh, a matrilineal. That's just the the, the 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 discrepancies between the two concepts. Yeah. No, but hang on. So does that then shift and change how? power is held um you know how governance happens uh, what's the difference there yeah so it 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 would be because i i would think that the way um so remember i said it's contextual so mm. so so Nombulelo's work, I mean, I'm familiar with, she She also works on decolonial work and decolonization is about which geography of knowledge are you thinking from? Yes, yes. So when you think of matriarchy from the West, it's matriarchy in contention with patriarchy. It's going to look different. Mm. Matriarchy for me is my mother or my grandmother or my great aunt who's not necessarily doing power dynamics with, any, with the opposite yeah. gender. It's just someone who... It takes care of the intellectual sustainability of the home and sometimes the economic sustainability of the home as well. Mm. But a, a matrilineal society, yes, operates differently. So when you think of of, of Queen Mojaji, um, her rule is, at least in terms of how history would note it at certain points, her rule is, is based on the premise that the queen is able to provide rain for the sustainability of the community. Um, so there's a certain principle that is linked to it. But matriarchy, anyone can be a matriarchal uh, leader. You get what I'm saying? But a matrilineal leader needs needs a specific lineage that has a, a heritage of, 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 of females with a particular intention or particular principle. And that particular principle with, for example, Mujaji, because that's the case that, that I, I, I work on in my research, yeah. that example has to do with, with, with um, the gift of, of rainmaking. But matrilineal societies are not only exclusively led by women, of course. They can also shift and be led by men. Mm. But they, they must be able to present a history um, or time period of being led by women over time. Yeah. Um, Nombulelo is back with us. Nombulelo, I don't know if you can hear me, uh, if you are on the, the call with us. Hello. Hi, Pabi, can you hear me? Yes, absolutely. I don't know if you want to go back and, and finish the point that was your opening statement um, and then, you know, pick up on some of the very interesting points that Sipogaz has brought to the conversation. Yeah, um, a lot of the points that I'm making actually echo um, what Sipogaz has already um, said, mm. where I was trying to illustrate that um, the leadership of women is not something that is necessarily new to African society. There's different illustrations that we can pull from history and, and trying to um, examine where this has happened in the past. 
um, Hollywood gave us the Woman King, where we saw how Dakumi society in that context um, had leadership structures that were uh, women-based or matriarchal or maybe even arguably a sort of pluralism of showing how um, both masculine um, male ideas of dominance and rule can coexist and um, at the same time as those of um, women leaders. Uh, but even within our local South African context, we have um, lots of historical um, context to pull from um, stories like the life of um, Princess Katoa, um, who mm. was a Khoisan princess. And, um, you know, in her rule and the, in the very contentious space that she lived in, um, being one of the first um um, indigenous people to be in the context of South Africa to be um, married off to a, a settler um, to also um, sort of have an interaction or connection with the settler where um, in, in some instances she was considered a traitor but um, more recently the rehistoricizing and evaluating the role that she has played in society shows the significant uh, role she played as a, a in terms of diplomacy and in terms mm. of trying to um, protect her people while also um, navigating this new conflict that had um, that they've been presented with with the arrival of Jan van Riebeek and so on and so forth. So these are different illustrations of what uh, matriarchy um, has looked like in the past and what womanist leadership and um, systems of governance in terms of indigenous communities have looked like in the past. So we're saying a lot of interesting things, womanist leadership, matrilineal as opposed to matriarchal. <laughs> I wonder what are the basic tenets that we're looking for in adding more of a womanist element to how society is governed and led, Nombulelo? I think I think um, just to echo again what Spogazi was saying mm. earlier. The reason why we use words like womanist leadership and matrial lineage as opposed to matriarch is because the idea with resolving some of society's tensions and what a lot of feminists, I think myself included, agitate for isn't just to flip the system and go yes. from. Uh, male dominance, which is the patriarchal society, to uh, woman dominance, which is the matriarchal system. Granted, as I agree with Spogazi, that there's a little bit more nuance there um, because patriarchy is specifically about um, the reducing and making women feel inferior and be inferior in so many different ways, whereas matriarchal societies don't always necessarily function in that way. Uh, but this is why we use these different terminologies mm. because it's to try and embody and to show that what we're agitating for is beyond just the individuals and the figureheads. It's, it's, it's a system, it's a way of leading um, that in, in many instances, I like the example that Spogazi made about in terms of like our families as well mm. and how they function. A lot of our families um, are led by women partly because of the colonial and economic and contemporary struggles and um, histories that um, 
black communities in particular, but arguably people of color as a whole have been faced with. But what we're not we're not agitating for just flipping the coin to the extreme opposite to the extreme end in a way that terrifies men. But instead, what we're agitating for is a way of thinking and a way of thought that is 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 based on women experiences um, and a lot of the social issues that women are faced by being the ones who are faced by issues that lead to uh, are linked to gender based violence, for instance, mm-hmm. were the best place to come up with solutions. But in a lot of realities, um, that's not the case. It's usually not women that are um, determining policies and enacting mm-hmm. them and making sure that the adequate resources go towards GBV, go towards making sure that girl children have an education, go towards various pluralistic forms of gender empowerment. All right, Sipogazi and Nombulelo, we've had a shaky start, but I feel like we're moving strong now. Um, And uh, we're going to find out what's happening in the very latest power headlines and then continue with our conversation, a more womanist society, matrilineal society, and could this improve how we live? It's 1.30. Learn something new and connect with like-minded contributors in health, wealth, and relationships. This is Power Lunch with Bobby Malloy on Power 98.7. I'd love to hear from you on 0861-987-000. And let's talk a little bit about the matriarchy, matrilineal uh, or womanist societies that uh, will have an impact on everything from gender equality, safety, uh, and all sorts of broader social issues. You can call in on 0861987000. right, so let's talk a little bit with our guests, Sipokazitao and Nombulelo Shange, about the basic tenets or beliefs that a matriarchal or matrilineal society would hold that's different to what we're experiencing in patriarchy. Nombulelo? So I think for one, the fundamentals around care, and I'm I'm pulling a lot more from um, feminist um, um, discourse in, in this response, um, the fundamentals around care, women are often the ones in society that are responsible for child rearing roles. Um, and so even when it comes to experiences and, and, and challenges that children are, are faced by, and in this context that doesn't just include girl children because mothers are concerned with the well-being of the boy children and by extension society as a whole. So that brings a very different dynamic into how society would look like um, because women historically have have played that role. And even in instances where you look at family structures where you do have a pretty um, what like high powerful uh, mom who is who, who, who also um, plays other roles in the public space. Um, the the role of motherhood um, seldom is is deemed or lessened. Um, so in matriarchal societies and in, in womanist led societies, in matrilineal societies, um, there's a lot more care politics that come into determining and making sense of every aspect of society. Uh, from again the macro of uh, the the big issues like gender-based violence mm-hmm. 
and how they have an impact not only on women but also on the economy um on 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 different social systems and different social structures right up to almost individual interpersonal levels like basic things like women not having to worry about childcare whilst mm-hmm. they are busy being leaders and and doing the the sort of work that society also needs from them in terms of the ideals and ideologies and experiences that we bring into the public space as well so for me that's the one um big contrast that matriarchal or more womanist led societies uh would bring forward supergazi mm. your view I, yeah, I, I, I definitely concur with, with Nombulelo. I think maybe uh, just in extension to that mm. responsibility um, and character, um, I find that oftentimes, um, you know, I, I have a friend I was speaking to today who's a chartered accountant and has relocated to a new town. And now they, um, their younger siblings are joining them and they're taking them through school. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this, this friend of mine was raised by their grandmother. So character, responsibility, and the idea of sustainability um, that, that um, in order, in, in the ways in which we are going to sustain um, that this family becomes, for example, a family of educated people, is that everyone sort of has a role. And, and that's sort of the, the doing, if you like, um, or the insisting of the grandmother is that you sort of place roles for everyone within the family structure and within the within within the home. So you instill that sense of responsibility, um, um, which which of course you know that the the um, the tensions with the idea of care work is that it's linked to to biological. But this particular friend of mine is male, mm, um, and they okay. themselves is also part- partaking in care work, if you like, right? Um, I'm just framing it as responsibility to remove it from the bio- biology of it. Mm, but mm. but it's such an important character, and I, and I think of course language. Uh, it creates this problem for us where, where it genders words unnecessarily. Yes. Yeah. So absolutely care work is 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 foundational to 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 the essence of um of how uh matriarchs then then lead society. Yeah. But isn't that then so interesting if they were raised by their grandmother, a matriarch, those values then were instilled. Hence he can see that as part of his responsibility. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to comment particularly in, in a more patriarchal household because I grew up in a more balanced household. Mm. Um, but I absolutely do agree that most of the character building was done by my mom as, a, as opposed to um, my father. But if you think of, for example, in the Sesotho cultures or in the Isaposa cultures that where uh, boys go through initiation processes, mm-hmm. that um, that educational process is arguably, at least in an institutional way, happens much later in the process of, of a child's life. Um, and so for me, mine would say, because women, um, because matriarchs part- partake in the care work at those foundational level, a lot of what um, the character of a child that's like 10 years and plus is already built. And that's fundamentally um, um, the, the, the product of, of, met- of the matriarchal effort. Yeah. 
Sammy's called in from Dobsonville. Uh, you can send us a voice note. Our lines are doing what they're doing. So Sammy's up, but you can send us a voice note with your voice note WhatsApp questions uh, on 0833037093. Sammy, hi. Sammy. Even Sammy must send us a voice note. Please uh, get his point of view because I think that that's interesting and it's part of what we're discussing. All right. Um, We played some audio. No, we didn't. We talked about the society that was created in a village in uh, Kenya. And in that society, as a response to the domestic violence that women were facing in their marriages and relationships um, and other violence that was meted on them in in regular society, they went and they created their own village and society. So, you know, when when we talk about matriarchy, I think people think that that's what's going to happen and it's going to be the the, uh, expulsion of men and, 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 you know, um, what's that word where you where you neuter a dog, right, where you like take away their power right and emasculate them but 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 really i imagine that it, it, it's a lot different as we've been explaining so let's talk a little bit about then where men would fit in how the boy child would fit in where's that balance Nombulelo? so i think i got cut off in my introduction because mm. that was one of the points that i wanted to address oh, or was trying to address that a lot of what is happening in the Umoja village is as a result of the current um, patriarchal system that women find themselves in. Mm. It's an extreme version. It's not to say that when we agitate for whatever word you want to use, but basically more woman-led societies, um, it doesn't mean that we want to cast men aside and 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 um, and take on a similar approach um, to the Umoja village. Um, They do that for their own safety. You could see it in in sort of like a more modern day context, like a safe house, basically, Mm -hmm. where women of gender-based violence go to these safe houses and there's systems and structures in place that protect their identity, protect their location. And so this village um, plays a similar function for for the women of Kenya who have experienced uh, varying levels of of patriarchal violence and oppression. Um, Agitating for womanist-led society or ideologies and governance doesn't mean that we'll cast men aside because if there's one thing about women, and again, perhaps we are discussing it or I am discussing it in these slightly problematic um, gender binaries that are, are placed on us, uh, but women care for the young boys that um, they um, raise, in, be it on a capacity of a brother, be it on the capacity of a mother. Um, and, and, and I like the example of Spagazi's friend, um, the, the sort of values that your grandmother would instill in you uh, would just be taken and would be tr- we would try to implement them on a more um, mass level where... Um, once again, for certain issues, for certain societal challenges, um, because women are at the forefront of those issues, climate change, um, women are the ones that are most impacted by those um, challenges. But when we look at climate conferences that happen 
um, periodically, uh, women are seldom ever asked for their opinion, rural women in particular, mm. who have the biggest, have to bear the biggest brunt of this climate catastrophe that we're going through. So that is the difference between um, what we are, what society is currently doing and what we are agitating for. In most contexts, you don't um, go and come up with solutions without engaging or even um, creating space for those that are most affected by those issues to lead that agenda, mm. uh, whatever the agenda might be. And so that's what uh, a lot of feminists are agitating for when they call for these sorts of systems of governments and leadership and all of that, um, is to say that the, those that are most affected by these climate issues, violence, poverty, um, unemployment, but still find ways to survive, mm. right? Women still survive based on the current society. We shouldn't, but we do. And not only do we survive, um, we even find ways to thrive, be it through the later generations that come. Our parents struggle, but are able to produce um, people who later on become graduates, people who later on become world leaders, people who are able to construct um, new realities, either for their families or their communities. Sure. And that sort of ingenuity, that sort of innovation that is quite unique to women. I'm not saying that men don't possess any of it at all, but there is a unique um, a, uh, attachment to, to womanhood and womanness. That is what we need to harness to try and figure out how to solve society's problems. Mm. We've got a voice note that's come through on uh, 0833037093. Let's have a listen. Hi, Asbabi. It's all fun and games right now, but the reality is the metric will never work. For two reasons there's a reason why men are more successful and there's a reason why men are more inventive because <laughs> men they think logically women they think emotionally the problem with women why they can't lead in the same space is because of they're controlled by emotions and not by logic a woman can south africa now if it was a woman president will say, no, I'm not going to business with Algeria because I, I don't like the way that women are looking at me. You know, such things that we, we tend to underestimate small things, but those are things that can help us move forward. And that's why women can lead. Daniel from Pretoria. All right, ladies, I know that you couldn't hear what uh, Daniel was saying. Daniel from Pretoria essentially says that the matriarchy cannot work and women are not capable of leadership and women lead with emotion and therefore have no ability to control themselves and to <laughs> lead. He goes on to say uh, his example is that, you know, if there was a woman in charge of the country, she would say, oh, no, I'm not going to do business with Algeria because or they, you know, they have an <laughs> attitude. And so as a result, the matriarchy could never work because men also have better ideas, according to Daniel. Over to you. Sipogazi. Wow. Mm. Oh, is, should I go for it? Okay. <laughs> so that's a big one. Look, I I think that the fear uh, that uh, some men might have about women 
leading is a real fear. And I'll tell you where it comes from. It comes from the fact that uh, men are also conscious of the fact that we live in a patriarchal society because patriarchy also forces men to men in a particular way. They confine them to an idea of masculinity. Queer men will tell you about this. And so it's it's a real fear that once women are are truly um, at a level of equity, um, with the opposite race, that they might do the same um, that patriarchy has done. And and I think we must be honest where that fear comes from, as opposed to saying, so we're absolutely not going to change the situation because inevitably they're going to do to us what we have allowed happen to them over the years. So, so Daniel must be honest about where those emotions come from, right? I can respect that they exist, Mm. but we must be honest about where they come from. But the second thing about um, woman political leadership, right, which which I think is such, we've got such a beautiful opportunity on the continent, um, historically, like in a a post-colonial Africa, we've been one of the first to have um, women leaders. So thinking of Liberia, for example, mm. uh, with Sadiq Johnson, but also thinking of 2017, that uh, the, the leading party, statistically, which what which we knew would um, arguably win the election, had um, Dr. NDZ as a candidate. Mm. But we also have um, women first, the political party as well. Why are we then not thinking about that because that already exists within our electoral system as as South Africa. And 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 the biggest contradiction is that at, at a level of documentation, so you think constitutionally, mm. we've got the best that recognizes um, that genders work better when they are in collaboration with each other. But but then we have this fear for some reason about about women being in charge. I think it's I think it's weird. I think it's weird what 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 uh, the root of, of of what Daniel is raising, but it, it it's a serious um, um, idea that a lot of people have that people would trust their grandmothers to raise their children, but they wouldn't trust their grandmothers to be president of a country. Right. It's the most the most bizarre idea ever. And I can't answer it because I don't I don't live with that fear. I don't I'm not in the same WhatsApp group, Daniel. Uh, but maybe at the next bri with your friends, that would be a very interesting <laughs> conversation to come and to come back. No, I think to come back for wow. us to to find out for emergence what's going on. Um, so 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 we do need a so in terms of needing more debate about it hmm. is for us to actually find out where the root of these ideas come from. Um, because I think that we could do a lot of healing work and 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 just progressive work. Um, collaboratively, but it's a serious ongoing fear and it's not going to go away anytime soon. Yeah. I love that you're framing it that way as a fear. And I don't know if you did it deliberately or if in academia, race and gender are interchangeable, but you, you said that the male uh, race versus the female race, right? And in my mind, I was thinking of the previously apartheid wielding white race versus the black race. And that exact same fear. If the blacks take over, will they do to us what we've done yeah. to them? And I imagine, yes, that fear exists uh, in men's mind as well. But for me, it's also about socialization. I don't know 
you know, both men and women, if we've been socialized to see each other as human, we've been socialized to see each other as the gender and whatever then the the stereotypes, the constructs around that are. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, You know, would you like to add something more to that, Nombulelo? Um, yeah, I think it's it's also very weird that um, men believe that we are incapable of leading because a lot of the world's disasters that we encounter today, everything from war to climate change, like I mentioned earlier, to grappling poverty is as a result of how men lead and how men have decided to lead um, for the last couple centuries, arguably 2,000 years. Um, So the idea that women would do a worse job than that is also just like a bit baffling because we're already at the bottom of the pit. Um, At this rate, anything can help, any kind of um, shift in mindset uh, trajectory will be an improvement from where society is currently. So I, I don't agree at all that uh, I think a lot of um, I agree with what Spogazi said, but mm. I think a lot of Daniel's fear as well comes from this uh, false notion that we can't control our anatomy because we have that one week in the uh, in the month where we are mm-hmm. on our period and we're supposed to be hormonal and irrational and that in that one week we would cause World War Three, and that's just absolutely not the case because if we were like that most of us wouldn't be in um, work environments that are already so stifling towards women but mm-hmm. like God forbid you throw your toys out of the cot no one's gonna have it no one is going to allow you to go through whatever weird rant and so we have mastered diplomacy without even realizing it at times because we are constantly in unsafe, violent spaces where we have to navigate and negotiate our safety and negotiate our freedoms and our rights. We've na- we've we've mastered diplomacy. We've mastered um, the, the the ideals and and the qualities that it would take to be leaders in various um, positions and social structures that actually desperately needed the planet desperately needs it humanity desperately needs it mm-hmm. and it's also very interesting how anger is not seen as an emotion right because <laughs> right if, if you know you've heard how trump spoke you've heard how these mm-hmm. leaders of you know ancient history start wars through anger anger is an emotional that guy was emotional um so yeah it's very interesting offense is in rustenburg how are you doing offense oh good day everyone i'm good thank you um i just wanted to chip in on what the gentleman had said about um women being emotional leaders and so on he said women can't lead because we don't have vision yeah yeah it's okay so for me, it shouldn't even be a, a matter of gender or age um, as a pre-qualifier. Mm. If you have the abilities and your character is in tune with your abilities, then you must be able to lead. Um, you know, there, there's this whole thing going around in the political space about young people having to take up space. I'm all for that. But you simply being young should not be the thing that qualifies you as now 
having to take up space. You need to have the abilities. Um, again, on the on the gentleman's argument, I think that's quite a there. womanist thing to think like that, right? Because I, I know many women will say they found themselves in spaces where they're equally qualified with men, same degree, yeah. same qualifications, and because the man is a man, they earn more than the woman. So I agree with you, Offensive. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I'm saying, if you look at our country, since the dawn of democracy, mm. being led by men, and has been on a steady decline. The stats are there. Unemployment is up. We are setting with load sharing. ESPOM has been led by men all this time. The country has been led by men all this time. The ministries responsible for, for, for many of our core functions have been led by men all of mm-hmm. these all of this time. So if that argument um, is what is being put forward, it actually falls flat on its face based on the situation that our country finds itself in. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Um, we've come to the end of our time together. So maybe I just get your closing comments on what offense I had to say and overall uh, the conversation. So, Pukazi, can I start with you? Sure, sure. Thanks, Osbain. No, absolutely. I think I think that that that's that's quite powerful. What what offense is 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 bringing into into it. Um, I also think just, you know, Nombulel uh, uh, also mentioned this, is that we, we a lot of what has happened into in the modern world in terms of how we think about uh, uh, knowledge is, the, and even just how we, uh, you know, what we're calling modern feminist is is an, ex, an extension of Western feminism. And so that's why the ideas around gender sit in opposition to each other, uh, because it's it's not necessarily contextualized within a different society that thinks differently about about genders. And even so, often as example about our political system, even our political systems are inherited colonial systems. Mm-hmm. And so they don't also have the flexibility of how to maneuver. You would have to, if you like, reconstruct a different structure that is going to have to accommodate what it means to actually be African, right? Um, and, and and so that's where the tension sits, is that we're sitting with ideas and, and, and institutions that are supposed to facilitate how we live in the world. And they are not a reflection of who we are at the core, yeah. our humaneness. And so the things we are fighting are things that have absolutely nothing to do with us. Um, because Ophensa says that whoever is capable must be the one right. that must that must advise, you know, yeah. that must lead, if you like. Yeah, thanks. Nombulela? Hundred percent agree. And um again to reiterate what Offense has said and what we said earlier as well, agitating uh for matriarchal societies doesn't mean that we cast men to the side. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Um it's just about ensuring that certain um whether you want to call it feminist or womanist ideals and values are instilled in men so that when men are given the opportunity to um, lead in a space that has to do with issues that deeply affect women they are able to do so in a way that will embody and represent those women's struggles and fights Mm -hmm. unfortunately currently that is not happening um earlier when we were still waiting to go on air. There was the discussion about how to deal with um, teenage pregnancy. So mm-hmm. even some of those labelings are very problematic because we know that young girls who fall pregnant, it's not because of their own doing. It's not because they're promiscuous. It's not them who need to be mm-hmm. counselled. It's the society that they live in. It's the old men who think that it's okay to have relationships or to exploit sexually young girls. 
Um, and so that's what we mean by a womanist or a matriarchal, matrilineal society where even the thoughts that go into the male leaders uh, embody our struggle and our plight as women. Well, thank you very much to both of you. We have a, a guest who's often with us in Samamunga who's written this, and I'm going to just use it as uh, our closing uh, kind of statement, right? Interesting discussion. Thank you, scholars, for your voice. Keep it up. Matriarchy is not anti-patriarchy. The two scholars invite the sensibility of matriarchy into our developing community development engagement. Um, And it's not oppositional from your point of view, which he says is a beautiful quality and really helps us to move the needle forward. So Sipogazi Dao, student at UJ, Nombulelo Shange, doctoral candidate uh, at UFS. Thank you both very much for your time this afternoon. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.